Let's talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. That's right. No more excuses. Get your lazy ass off the couch. Go start a podcast. There's the creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone with computer. Once again, no more excuses. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Could it be easier? Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. They're paying us for this ad. Thank you very much, Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. This is The Dime, a 10-minute dive into the cannabis and hemp industry through trends, insights, predictions, and tangents. What's up, guys? This is The Dime. This week, we're talking about cannabis culture. When someone says the words cannabis culture, what do you think of? Do you think of a Rastafarian, skateboarders with beanies, suburban moms with vape cartridges? Cannabis has a history dating back to ancient times, but what has the culture around the plant become specifically today and in the past? Kellen, what examples of cannabis culture can you think of? There's a couple different cannabis cultures, I think, in my mind, right? And I think that, like, my exposure to them changed as I, as I grew up, right? In high school, I don't think that I got really associated cannabis with a specific culture. I mean, yeah, a lot of the, like, we all listen to reggae, right? Or Slightly Stupid and, like, you know, like, the stoner music, I guess you could say. But, like, we also listened to all the other music, right? So we weren't, like, pigeonholed into one culture. But as I kind of got older and moved out to California and immersed myself in the real hard uh, cannabis users, right? Like there is a definite specific culture, at least out in California, where like people wear crystals and they are really passionate about their glassware and they have very kind of like almost like the, the deadheads, right? Like there is a whole following of the deadheads. And I mean, I don't know if it's this exact same way in New York. Um, I mean, is that exactly how it was for you, Brian? I mean, different cannabis cultures in New York or what? So the culture for me has evolved from in middle school, the idea of the kids standing on the corner of the street across from the school, smoking blunts or joints and evolving to, you know, don't smoke cannabis or don't smoke pot because, it will make you lazy, you'll drop out of school, you won't play sports, all those things to, to an evolution of now where it's looked at, in, in my perspective, as more of the medicinal aspects of it. Um, still with the aspects of like sitting on the couch and, and sliding in between the couch, which is still my, my favorite image of all time of the guy who smokes a joint on the couch and just slithers into the in between the couch cushions. So I think the culture's evolved as my understanding has, has evolved and has kind of grown up. And I, I wonder specifically about the next generation who has had a very different stance on cannabis just by the standpoint of growing up in today's day and age with cannabis being legal in a bunch of different states, it's not going to have the same stigma as it did back in the 90s when I grew up and everyone was like, pot's a gateway drug. Yeah, I mean, so... What would be the like the main cannabis culture component for you right now? If you had to like say like that right there is the main component of a cannabis culture. The right. let's, do, let's let's let me rephrase that. Let's say this right. Like, what would be the main component of a an active recreational 
user that is a member of kind of that adult use cannabis culture nowadays, right? Like the modern stoner, I guess you could say. Like what would be like the main thing that you would predict, I guess? I think the the biggest misinformation out there is that you can be a functioning user of cannabis. Not everyone that consumes cannabis is a for lack of better words, degenerate that sits on their couch for 12 hours a day that doesn't have a job, that doesn't do anything. People can consume cannabis as a smoking break where they, they step outside, they can, they can take a quick rip of a joint or it helps them alleviate anxiety or it helps them, them calm their nerves or it helps them with some of their sicknesses where they can't eat. All of those concepts of, of consuming cannabis where... Um, you would sneak off and come back with your red eyes and people would immediately judge you for being intolerable or difficult to, to, to participate in society. And I think that understanding has, has really evolved to a point where you can be an active member of society functioning at a high level with under the use of, of cannabis. Yeah. And I think that that hits on a huge, a huge point that's like prevalent through the industry that like something that, the whole entire industry has been fighting for who knows how long, right? Which is literally that cultural stigma that cannabis is a drug. And if you use cannabis, you are a drug addict and you're not a functioning member of society and it's the devil's lettuce and all of these like um, stigmas that have literally been instilled by the media or just say no or whatever the, whatever the flavor of the week as far as the anti-drug ads growing up were, right? Um, and so it, it's pretty wild to see like this cultural shift from like being painted, uh, you, cannabis users being painted into this corner of like being drug addicts to like, no, actually it's probably healthier than drinking alcohol, right? And there's a lot of really healthy people that actively partake in cannabis. I mean, a lot of people like, I think that a huge shift now is people are finally realizing um, that, hey, like to use cannabis, you don't have to be a smoker, right? Like you can just eat it, right? Which is completely a, a game changer, right? Like now you're not a smoker being classified as all of those stigmas that come with smokers, right? Um, you're not exposing yourself to free radicals, lung cancer, all those things are out the door. So now it's like, okay, like, Technically, it's healthier on your body than alcohol. You can consume it in a fashion that doesn't harm you. So, like, all of these things, I think, are going to facilitate a huge change or shift within the cannabis culture. And I think that that is, like, it matches with what we kind of just described both of us, right, Ryan? Is that, like, as we aged, we saw the cannabis culture change as well, right? From, like, you smoke weed and you get really, really skinny, and you can kind of be weightless, right? In the couch, right? To like now people can eat an edible and go for a run and actually might help within the endocannabinoid system and help your body heal after that run, right? So like a complete paradigm shift has occurred just within our lifetime. Yeah, and it remains to be seen how, how much more it shifts in that direction as the yeah. research comes out and people learn more and the benefits start to align with actual real science. It, it's going to be pretty wild to, to see the growth, especially over the next year. Yeah, I mean, so like, do you think that the, let's predict, right? So do you think that the technology is going to uh, accelerate that kind of shift in the culture and like society's acceptance 
or do you think it's still going to take like five, 10 years, almost another generation, if you will, to like grow up and become adults to really facilitate that cultural change? It probably depends on where you are. The United States is so broad with its thinking and there's so many pockets of people that sometimes, unfortunately, are living in the past. And while I think it's, it's really easy and fun to sometimes pretend like things don't exist, it's just not real life, right? There's, there's things happening every single day that, you know, you can pretend like it's not happening. But at the end of the day, if it's happening, it's, it's time to accept reality. And I think it just depends on the advancements are where you are in certain states, for sure. It's still going to be the devil's lettuce into the near future. And it's pretty much inevitable that their perspective is not going to change because they're just not exposed to enough new situations where I think for, for you and I who are in major cities, it'll be an aggressive change. I think from, from what I've seen in New York City, you, you can always smell it now. And it used to be one of those where you'd smell it once in a while and you would assume a cop was going to come bust them up. But now it, it's going to be one of those where I think it's going to be prevalent everywhere and it's just going to be an accepted thing just like someone smoking a cigarette yeah maybe you don't like the smell of the cigarette and maybe you don't like the smell of cannabis but at the end of the day that that's that's that individual's choice and at the end of the day we live in america where everyone has their own freedoms what do you yeah. think Kellen? do you have any spicy takes to to put on top um i agree with everything you said and i just think that the alternative ways of ingesting it and as that technology becomes better and better, um, I think that it'll just kind of be a, a snowball effect and you'll just see a massive kind of paradigm shift within the next five years where everyone will just accept it because it'll be like, oh no, like you can just have a gummy bear and that is now you're a cannabis user, right? So like, I think that, that the, the technology associated with the um, administration methods um, as well as social media and all those things are going to just drastically accelerate the cultural change, hopefully, right, for us, right? <laughs> and, um, and for the industry as a whole. Um, so, yeah, that's my prediction. I think that it will snowball. You want to put a date on it? A date? I'll put a date on it. Like a, um, like a date where you would say, hey, it's changed by this date. All right, and the change is going to be federal legalization. So we oh, can like all right, I'm, I'm, in, I'm into that, that type of challenge. Um, January 1st, 2024. Wow. That's my guess. Why? What, what's your guess? You got a better way, guess than you're ahead of me? Way hotter. I'm going to say, it's funny as I would have said earlier, but now I'm going to push it out a little bit because I got some wiggle room. Um, <laughs> I would say Q1 2022. I would oh, say gotta, maybe t- actual date. January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd, January 15th, 2022. God. I just, it's just tough, right? Like we can't like flip to federal legalization. Like we can't flip the switch because it's a, it's a total monk, like just a total bumba clock fest going from no cannabis to a legal market, right? Like, there are so many loose ends that need to happen in between that like the federal government can't just be like, okay, cannabis is legal free for all. Like it's literally just being like, okay, 
every black market entity, here you go, have at it, right? Like, it would just be a total nightmare. That's why they have to stage it, right? They have to have a medical market. The medical market has to operate for a couple years. They have to get the people used to seeing dispensaries, right? Like, I had a conversation with my cousin who lives in Texas, who is literally very anti-cannabis, right? And he was like, I, there's no way cannabis will be legal in Texas. He's like, there's no way I will let dis- a, there be a, a, a weed dispensary or a drug dealer on a, every corner of my city. No. And so like, that's the, you're still fighting that stigma. So like, you can't just like be like, federal legalization, here we go. Everyone have at it. Because the image, right? The stigma associated with cannabis and dealers is a super negative connotation so that in itself is a real problem uh i had a an uncle that's from connecticut and we were in portland and we went into a dispensary and at first he didn't want to go in he was like i'm not going in here he's super conservative he's like i'm not going in here he's like i can't i can't be associated with this and i was like why not he's like because i was like well it's a real store. They pay taxes. Everyone here works here. It's like a real thing. Like it's not a, well, he's like, <laughs> right. Like it's, it's like a real thing. He's like, it's, it's, you're not going to go to jail if you go in here. But I think for him, who's grown up in a very different thought process, like it's devil's lettuce. And anytime you can be associated with devil's lettuce, it's scary. Oh no. And you saw someone, one of your friends had devil lettuce. They weren't your friend anymore. You know, you're like, get away from me. I yeah. can't be associated with you anymore. I think sometimes the people who are most frightened by it would benefit probably benefit the most from consumption. <laughs> right. of it. They're already because they're so wound tight, you know. What I mean? Right. Just like a little sprinkle, sprinkle, and just enjoy your coffee, Uncle Jack. Right. Like here you go, bud. It's totally tough though, because like I had a buddy in college, right, and like we smoked weed in college, and then he's from the East Coast. He's from Syracuse. He moved back, and then like we all had like a reunion after college, like four years later, right clearly hadn't smoked cannabis again since he got out of college, right? He came up to Colorado. It was legal, right? We went and bought some gummy bears and we were like, we're going to eat gummy bears and go skiing, right? And he like literally had a straight panic attack that we were going to eat gummy bears that had cannabis in it. And he's like, well, what if I get drug tested? I was like, dude, it's going to be out of your system in 10 days. Like you're literally, you don't actively use. And he literally had a panic attack and didn't talk to any of us for the rest of the trip. And now he's no longer our friend. He refuses to talk to us because we still use cannabis outside of college. And I was like, what? It was like one of the craziest situations, like straight up, like look at us. Like we were all drug addicts when like six, like 25 year olds were like handing out some gummy bears to go skiing. Like (laughs) he was just like, what are you guys doing? We're like eating gummy bears. And he's like, you guys are doing drugs. Like I'm not really, first off, we're all adults now. Like, <laughs> so it's wild, right? Because then, like, he, he's a type of person that will – I don't think that any amount of technology or anything will change that, you know? The East Coast, is, the East Coast is super behind. So hopefully we'll get our, our, our act together with New Jersey starting it, and then New York will quickly accelerate. But we're but super behind. Like, right? like, it just takes – change takes time, and that's why I think that, like, it's tough to just flip the switch on federal legalization. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. 
Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.